Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning, good Monday morning, and Father, you picked a great weekend to uh, to be at the 9 a.m. Children's Mass with, yes, with the so, children taking over. Yes, it was. It was Catechetical Sunday, so it brings us to an Izzy Monday. Hey. Good morning. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Hi. That was loud, George. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Izzy's here. Izzy is uh, an aide in our seventh for seventh grade in our school, but uh, she before that, and for many years, she's been a catechist. In our mm-hmm. religious education program, so it's wonderful to have you here this morning. Thank you for having me. To talk about Catechetical Sunday. Yay. You ready, Izzy? No, but it's okay. <laughs> I have my notes right here, so. Do you have your coffee this morning? Mm, I don't drink coffee. I don't need coffee. Oh, uh, you're one no, of those. No, she does not need coffee. You're one of those. I don't need coffee. No, I'm, I need I'm, my coffee. I don't drink coffee either. So, Catechetical Sunday. We had all the catechists and all the teachers at 9 a.m. Mass yesterday, and we commissioned them for the new year. And Jorge helped me um, commission them. He introduced, he, he gave a longer, it seemed longer than my homily, what he read at the beginning of the, <laughs> of the commissioning. But yeah, that comes from the U.S. bishops. So, but it's but very beautiful. And, you know, let's talk about, yeah, first of all, yesterday's gospel in which Jesus, once again, he predicts his suffering and resurrection, but it kind of like slips the minds of disciples and they start talking about who's going to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about who's going to be the greatest. And then Jesus overhears that. If you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. And then he places a child with, you know, in their midst and says, whoever receives one such as these receives me. And so perfect for Catechetical Sunday. Now, what she has notes in front of her. So what did you come up with? So the part that I underlined now when I was rereading it, it's that... Uh, there's simplicity, there's a great depth when we receive the Lord, and we get that, we use that, sorry, to educate the kids, and it's a continuous lifestyle. And you said how the children know that they need to learn, and I'm, like you said, I'm a 7th grade aide, and now this year I'm teaching 7th grade for a CCD before just, I used just to Just a handful of them, right? Yeah, love middle schoolers. <laughs> um, and before I taught Confirmation too, so it's different. Like, they're not, they're kids because they're sometimes immature, they give you headaches, but they're also they they they're also learning too, and it's might be difficult, but I think that's what beautiful that you can see that a five year old might have the same questions as maybe as a thirteen year like who's God or why is this like that? Uh, another thing that you said that I really liked is that it's a ministry that goes unnoticed but not by the Lord, which I kind of felt that my first year as a catechist because I was left after with like 28 kids my very first year I was 18 didn't know really what I was doing but I tried my best and I just remember it's all for it's all for him at the end of the day him with a capital H because I I volunteered so I I like it and I want to go into education but it is unnoticed and wasn't it that this year that the Pope said that catechists they have a what is it 
A vocation. Yeah. Vocation. No, and then no, it's becoming ministry. a form of a ministry. Yeah. A form of ministry. Mm-hmm. So that made me really happy when George sent me that link. I go, hey, we're being noticed. <laughs> and I didn't get my teaching aid position till almost a year ago now. So I was a catechist for two years, three years, I want to say. So it was nice being called, not called out, but... <laughs> being recognized. Being recognized. <laughs> there we go. That's the word. <laughs> no, and catechists, and I said it yesterday in the homily, they have a, an important position in the church. And Jorge, when, when he did the introduction to the commissioning, talked about that, about the important role they play in our parish to be able to unify all the different things we do which come to its culmination at the altar. Of uh, Catechists around the world are all the people see in some places where there are no priests. Catechists are all, all, are all the people see. They prepare the people for the sacraments, for baptism, confirmation, communion, marriage sometimes. And when the priest, when a priest does come around, the priest has to do all these sacraments. And I'm, I'm thinking of my own experiences of doing missions, mission work in Mexico. The in a village that I would visit, the catechists were the only ones there oh, wow. on Sundays. In fact, the catechists would be the ones to do liturgies of the word on Sunday and use the hosts that were consecrated by the priest to distribute the Eucharist on Sundays. So catechists are it, and so around the world, they take on a more vital part in the church's ministry than they even do here. It's a vital part here, mm-hmm. but over there, without catechists, the church wouldn't function okay. at all because they're basically the administrators, the ones that make that open the church, the ones that bring people in, and the ones who basically, you know, you know, like all catechists around the world, that pass on the faith because the priest isn't there. Mm-hmm. And if I can just uh, chime in here really quick to clarify, because not everyone may know what a catechist is, uh, you know, it's kind of interchangeable with teacher uh, because they're the ones teaching the religious ed classes, the, the faith formation classes, the sacramental prep classes. Uh, but we call them catechists uh, to really signify and, and distinguish the fact that they are teaching the catechism. They are passing on the faith. So it's not just a teacher of a subject, uh, but really someone who shares the faith, who shares uh their own experience of the faith and helps us to encounter a person and it's what I what I shared on Saturday morning with the kids that we're not just here you know to pass a test or or to take a, another subject in class but we're here to to meet Jesus Christ and we do that through this beautiful ministry of catechesis uh, of learning the truths of the faith that who that in turn reveal Jesus Christ to each and every one of us um, I also wanted to say that we all, we just started our religious education classes this past week, so I was really happy to be back in the classroom. A little nervous for teaching something that I really haven't taught like in almost two years, basically, in front of a group of kids, but there's something special when you just teach religion. I want to be a religion teacher. Maybe that's just me, but these kids, they come after a long day of school with maybe sports, clubs, uh, I don't know. They all we all have our own lives, but some of them really are so interested. Like, they've been up since six a.m. So have I, but they're tired. I'm tired, and they still yet want to learn more. They have questions. What I did this past week with my first class, with the first class I had, I go, okay, write your name, write a fun fact, and tell me any question, any question that you have about the faith. One of them was, why can I? One of them really stood out to me. Why can't I hear God's voice? One of them was, why does why, God... I, I, what's the answer to that one? <laughs> uh, you pray? No. You pray more? We, t- we talked about this two weeks ago in the listening thing. 
But go ahead. Oh, I didn't. I, don't, I haven't listened to it. Oh, no, you were at. You were You heard that homily. You were there. Maybe I did. I the one about the deaf man. You were Lizzie. You were there. I don't remember. Oh my goodness! Keep, oh, look going. back into my notes. Anyways, keep, keep one Monday of them was an, <laughs> the last. Another one that stood out to me. Why does Why does God let bad things happen? It's so mm. many questions that sometimes I I need like there's there's I want to give them the answers, but I still don't know. So they're also learning, but we're also learning as well. No matter what stage of life we're in, uh, priests learn every day. Didn't you learn something? I like said, you, I you said, said something like that. I said it yesterday that that formation isn't only. You know, we, we've done a lot of, of work over the last month and a half, two months to tell the people, come, you know, enroll your children in, in religious education. But information is not just for the young. Yes, it's vital. It's important. Mm-hmm. Formation is something, especially, you know, spiritual formation and learning about our faith and learning about the church is something that's ongoing. Even Thomas Aquinas, the greatest doctor in the history of the church, realized that at the end of his life. So I was saying... I still can't remember what it was, but it was something that I thought I knew about liturgy. And the liturgy director of the diocese said, no, oh, yeah. it's, not this way, it's not this way, it's that way. And I'm like, cool, all right. You know, did not know that. I yeah. thought, you know, I've been doing, not that, it was, not that it was something wrong that I've been doing, it was something that I was, it was a question I was asking of something that I wanted to do. And so, you know, it's something that as adults we take for granted that we need to, every single day, Learn something about your faith. Open up the catechism. Open up the Bible. Have it in front of you to be able to open up about the faith. Now, how old are the kids in, in your class? If they're in seventh grade, they're, what, 12, 13? 12, 13 years old. So yeah. these are kids that probably, because you you have seventh graders in school, and they could be annoying. Yeah, very much. <laughs> you know, so never. Never. <laughs> and, uh, but no, but here's, and, and I was, Jorge and I were having this, actually, we were having this conversation on Friday about seventh grade. I look back at my seventh grade self, and I have no idea who that kid was. I didn't know who I was. You know, we did. We had youth group last night, mm-hmm. and, I, and we talked about. You know, these are high schoolers. When we're trying to ask the question, "Who is God?" Before we ask the question, "Who is God?" We have to ask the question, "Who am I?" To if because if we don't know who we are, then we cannot be. You know, even start to comprehend the depths of God. So. That's what these kids are doing. Seventh grade, you know, you're, you're, you're in the middle of middle school. You're not a child anymore in sixth grade. You're not the big shot eighth grader. You're stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell my seventh graders, you know, I love all of you, but I don't like seventh graders. You know, because they're, they're just all over the place. And they are. They are. They're all over the place. And, and I've been teaching seventh, you know, mostly eighth grade. But I had seventh graders 20 some odd years ago when I first started teaching. And... Yeah, they were they were my most difficult class. I feel that there's just in general they're all difficult. You also have some really good kids in seventh grade. Oh no, for sure. Not to pin like not putting the topic more on seventh grade, but let's like, again, rip, let's rip tweens yeah. during this <laughs> during this podcast. Let's go. I love them because, like I, like I said, they still have childlike things, and it just makes it rewarding when you see them grow. Like, I'm seeing my 7th graders now, 8th graders, and the 8th graders I became that are now high school is that you see them all grow and learn more about their faith, and, they're st- and they still want to learn, not, really not all of them, because some of them are like, okay, cool, I go to Mass, maybe I, sometimes I don't go to Mass, but that's where the challenge is, that you try to push them to go to Mass, and 
I liked how the theme was yesterday. Say the word, my soul shall be healed. You had a question about that. Yeah. What is that word? Ah. I, when, I, when I tell you, how many times have I been saying this since I did my first communion? You, say, you say it every time you go every to mass. Every time I go to mass, but like, like almost like 15 years, I don't know, 12 years, who knows. But what is the word? Like, what is it? So with a capital W. I mean, we don't, it's, doesn't, it's not with a capital W in, in, in the liturgy, but, you know, we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter into my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. In other words, the word of God heals. Uh-huh. The word of God transforms us. The word of God nourishes us. And so the healing aspect, is what we concentrated, or I concentrated on mm-hmm. yesterday, and it's what the bishop wanted us to concentrate on. Say the word, say the word, and my soul shall be healed. It, there's no specific. It's not a magic trick. It's not like abracadabra. If, no, but if, but if we can know. answer that more specifically uh, to yeah. Izzy's question, yeah. <laughs> I really the, thought it was like one word. No, it, it's or it's not is it like, like Jesus waves his hand and goes, you know, but remember this boogie is, woogie, and, and you're healed. No, right. it's, <laughs> but, but it's but it's it's quoting scripture directly from the Roman official whose servant was 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 uh, sick, and Jesus and the man said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter my under my roof, but only say the word. See, all he all he's Wasn't asking, that like in the readings yeah. lately in like Sunday? Mm, not Never not mind, recently. Though. But let me read you what, uh, what the bishop said and why they chose this uh, theme for Catechetical Sunday. The past year has highlighted the urgent need for healing, physical, spiritual, emotional, in ourselves and in, in, in our world. As our world struggles to heal, complete healing is not possible without Jesus as the divine physician. When our souls, are, when our souls heal, all heals, despite our suffering. The words we say at Mass, say the word and my soul shall be healed, have the power to remind us of, to open our eyes to the healing that Jesus offers us in the Eucharist, which is essential, eternal, and ever open to us. We humbly ask him to say the word, and with that prayer, we have faith that with the fantastic and improbable prospect of Jesus Jesus entering under our roof, our soul shall be healed. I love how they phrase that. With the fantastic and improbable prospect of Jesus entering under our roof, which is what we ha- what happens during communion. That's right. You got it now. Yes. Mahomeno. Yes. <laughs> so yes, it still needs to, like, set in my mind. I don't know. Just growing up, always thought it was like something, or maybe I know. I always hear him like. Uh, w- many times, I feel it's the the word is "I love you" or "You're forgiven" or that's, that's fine. It could be. Yeah, could, yeah, okay. Could be. Okay. Good. Thank you. That, because, that answered your question. <laughs> Jesus really doesn't say a word. When when he's he asked to heal, he uh-huh. just it just happens. Like he just like he touches my my touch like <laughs> someone's eye. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but it's like know. go home. You know, like, the servant is fine. Your you faith know, what, has what, saved you. That's what I hear no, a lot. Your faith has yeah, saved you. We we heard that recently me. in the in the in the gospels. But yeah. the Roman official goes home, and on his way home, the the servant is healed. So all of this is is Jesus' word transforming us it's it's a it's a transformative word it's a life-giving word it's a healing word and that's the what the emphasis is now what do catechists have to play in that role as ministers of healing mm-hmm. because what were you excited about having the kids in front of you because last year you had second graders i had second and third graders over zoom over zoom which i was i went on every every now and then it was like a roller coaster it yep. was it was a roller co- it was a fun roller coaster again they're they're cute but <laughs> controlling them over Zoom and trying to teach something it was very hard, mm-hmm. really. And even if it was even if it's once a week, but still they they were there. They were there 
Were they paying attention half of the time? Probably not, but it's okay. But they showed up. They and showed that up. Says something. And now this year they're they're preparing for first communion in person. Yay! That makes me happy. <laughs> it does. So, having them in person, you said at the beginning, is so important, and that's part of the healing. That these children have probably been away from the church, been away from catechism, you know, away meaning physically away, meaning mm-hmm. while the, you know, yes. while still connecting on Zoom. But now you have them in front of you. It's a lot easier to teach these seventh graders when you can interact with them in person, when mm-hmm. you could at when they could ask you questions in person, when you could ask them questions in person. And this is part of the healing. And part of the healing the entire church needs to go through as we transition back to not only in person learning, but in person, you know, going to mass in person. You know, first of all, you know, the sacraments, you know, you can only go to confession in person. You can only receive the anointing of the sick in person. You can only get married but mm-hmm. be baptized in person. Yeah. You know. The, the that the, the barriers of the virtual world are starting to come down slowly, thanks be to God. But catechesis is so important. You know, we saw that in, in teaching last year overall in school. You saw it, especially in school. When the children were home, it was different. When they were here, mm-hmm. it was even it was even it was much better. So yes. now that we have the kids here, we can be part of that healing process so that we could be ministers of that word as Jesus' you know, arms and feet to mm-hmm. be able to heal these children, to and, heal their families. And if I can kind of flip that on its head as well, it's not just the kids and families that need the healing, but it's the church that needs the healing as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where this, the connection to yesterday's readings come in, uh, you know, very very clear because Jesus says, whoever receives these children receives me. You know, so, so you know, I told I told Father on Wednesday, you know, I got, I got choked up and emotional just unlocking the doors of the cafeteria at, on, at 4 o'clock on Wednesday because we hadn't done that in 18 months. Uh, you know, and we've for all these months we've been preparing for for this big comeback and and you know registering 250 kids in a marathon you know session of just processing papers, you know so to put all that together and and to actually walk over there and unlock the doors it was like okay, this is happening you know the kids are the kids are back on the property, you know, and and that's going to be such a source of renewal for the parish such a source of healing for the parish, and really for the catechists themselves. Because as as you as you say and as you know, you know you're there to teach them, but most of the time they're teaching you, mm-hmm. you know, because of you know just their childlike innocence, their questions, their 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 desire for for more, for depth, especially you know something like someone like a seventh grader, you know who's who's constantly asking themselves who am I, you know, and they're trying to figure that out, you know, and trying to make sense of okay this is this is what the world is telling me, this is what I'm learning in in religious ed you know, how does this all fit together? And you kind of see that struggle very, very clearly. You know, and that becomes, and I hear this at the end of every single year when I when I speak with the catechists, you know, and, and you're blessed to be in the classrooms. I just kind of pop in and out. Uh, so you see it more than I do, you know, how much you gain from them despite, you know, that that call that, that brought you here to the first place to say, you know, I want to share with them. But you end up receiving even more. Mm-hmm. When I first, when I signed up for to teach to teach CCD, it was with another friend of mine, and I'm like, I don't think I could do this, but I did it and I loved it, and it's preparing them for the sacraments that they'll receive. So if you're teaching second or third grade, first communion, if you're teaching middle school, it's for confirmation. All the sacraments matter, but then they you're preparing them for life. For you want them to encounter Christ in that classroom in that hour and. How long were we in there? Hour and like 15, four, 15 minutes. Yep. And you have to, you have to, you have to be, you have to entertain them. 
really. Because if you aren't having fun with it, they're not going to learn. They're not, I see it. They're going to be, sometimes I might be tired and they're really tired too. But you have to push through. And then also, again, like I said earlier, teaching them and then also preparing them for life, preparing them for later on because this is the future of the church. And I'm blessed to have role models like George and Father Manny and so many other priests here. And they, I want them to see that Jesus isn't just someone that is, it's uh, that he's in heaven that he taught that you pray to. No, but Jesus is everyone that you encounter and you try to be those hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And it's, again, it's hard for his, for his sake. He died on a cross for us. We're called to carry our cross and we also help them carry their cross as well. Again, they're, they might, they might be a teenager. They might be a little kid. It might be me who's in their twenties. We all need, we all need healing. How you said father yesterday and it's, it continues and right, and we cannot overemphasize this enough. You start class at seven o'clock at night mm-hmm. with seven six thirty. We, we moved it up. We moved it out up of, oh, out I'm of glad. Uh, mercy. <laughs> okay, so but still, it's still a long day. This this girl's been awake for 12, 12 and a half hours. So it, we cannot overemphasize enough how difficult it is, not only for the catechists but for the children that they finished school. And it's a long day at school. And like you said, they may have sports, they may have clubs. And some of them come, we see them come in their soccer in their jerseys. Uniforms, yep. In their uniforms. And the challenge also is that you're getting kids from all different types of schools where, you know, Izzy's used to the discipline we have at St. Teresa, where the kids know what the rules are. Whereas when you have kids that come from other schools, whether it be charter schools or other private schools or even public schools, discipline is very different in every single other school. And... That is all. That was to me has always been the greatest challenge. You know, when I look back and and you know would pop into CD and I haven't taught a CCD class in ages. But I can come, I can take care of that. Come teach one of mine. Yeah, no, come I teach know. one of mine one day. Come teach it this Wednesday. I, I won't I, be I, here. I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> pop in and, and and spend some time with you. But I remember that was the biggest challenge is, is that you have when you contrast it because I remember the last time I, you know I would teach the I would teach Catholic school in the morning and then in the evening teach a CCD and you obviously you see the difference. In, at least in terms of the discipline. Yes. And it's yes. also kids you only see once a week for an mm-hmm. hour. And in, 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 you know, in, during the school, you see them for eight hours, five times a week. So it's challenging. And that's what is so heroic about our catechists in this parish, and in every parish in, in our archdiocese, is that they take on this role of the impossible task of teaching children who probably don't want to be there. And they do it on a entirely volunteer basis. They do. They and do. and I, I, I make a point to... You know, to, to let the parents know that they are not being paid to be here. They are they are literally there out of their love for the Lord, out of their love for the parish, out of their love for for these kids and families. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, that and just, that's and that's why we celebrate them. And we had we had uh, we have catechists that have been doing this for eons, and and we and we can't thank them enough. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, we know you have to go, but before we go. Last night was a big night in our parish because we started our youth group. Yeah! Yeah. Woo! And we had a lot of young people come last night. It made me really happy. And yes, and what was your take on last night? I started the youth group here when George came to... Why am I getting emotional? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ten years. <laughs> ten, ten years. A decade of... Uh... Ten years wow. you were you were you were Why in middle school. You were in middle school. I was one of my kids. I was You're crying in seventh grade. You've gone full circle. Mm-hmm. It, I've gone full circle and seeing these kids, half of them were ninth graders I had last that I saw them in eighth grade and they were saying, I miss Saint Teresa, I miss being with my friends and they didn't know 
and some of my kids now they're asking what is youth group i go you have to come see when you're in high school i, I don't want to ruin it for you and i just mm-hmm. tell you just me you pray you have an activity really that's it but it was really rewarding seeing them and being there with them and i hope i can be jesus christ to them at half of what i can be but it was really and, rewarding. And, and you came back from, from she's emotional, poor thing. And uh, no, so she's. She well, I came, was also at a retreat. She was at a retreat all, all you know, not all, all weekend, this, no, but, but all she was weekend. helping out. She was helping out, and then she ran over here to be here in time for youth group starting, which thank God you did. And uh, no, but seeing all these kids, and, and that's part of the reward, especially it when is. you've been teaching really at St. Teresa, to see the kids. And that's why the nuns came over, because notice Sister Sean Pauline, she went nuts when she saw all she these. She went crazy. Because when she sees all these little kids that she taught, and now they're in high school, and, and, and listen, there was one kid that I was told was going to be there, a boy, that mm-hmm. I told was going to be there, and I had totally forgotten. And after he had left, somebody said, did you see so-and-so? I'm like, no, he wasn't here. He goes, yeah, father, he was here. The thing is, they're wearing masks. And this kid was tiny when he was uh, when in eighth grade, but it's now two years in Columbus, or in the second year of Columbus. Apparently, he's grown. <laughs> and so I go, no, I did not see him. And, and I was upset that I didn't Aww. say go over and say hello and give him a hug. But but it is wonderful to see. And that's one of the rewards of youth ministry. And, and uh, we had a bunch of kids yesterday who took a picture, and it was great. Was awesome. And I was sending him to Jorge all night, and he was excited at home while he was, you know, doing whatever he was doing with his kids. But, um, but no, it was a great night. And Izzy, thank you for, for saying yes to being a catechist, for saying yes to being a teacher, for saying yes to being a youth minister. And, say, making me cry. and saying yes to all the things that we ask you to do here around St. Teresa and, and, and Little Flower that you say yes to, including coming on our podcast. By the way, Izzy Mondays are, are, are oh my God, she's crying before. She is hey, literally, she's you literally don't know crying. Me, I cry for I've been, I've been doing this for 10 years. It doesn't take much to get Izzy to cry. But, oh, I'm, I'm gonna make definitely going to make her cry right now when I tell her. When we have Izzy Mondays, they are our highest rated yeah, podcast. Let's go. Because she sends them to everyone. She sends them to people We're in New York. In and, New York, in yes. Louisiana. All my yeah. Salesians. Hey, Salesians, how are you? That's right. And she Miss was giving you. some Salesian spirit last night. Izzy, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Thank and you, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And, folks, what is it that we need to do, you know, to ask the Lord to, for us to be healed? What is it that we need to learn that we don't know yet? Open up your catechism. Open up your Bibles. Do it more often because formation in the faith is something that is daily. And that's why Jesus tells us we have to be like little child, little children because children are sponges. Children always are asking questions just like Izzy students. You know, and sometimes they ask stupid questions. Ask a stupid question. And Ask it, me. And it, but it's usually the stupid question that yields, you know, the most profound answer and, and, and discovery and, and depth. So ask away. Ask yep. away. So open up your catechism. Open up your Bible. Ask those questions. Go deeper into your... And if you don't know where to start, you know, that's what the parish staff is yeah, here for. Yeah, that's what we have. We have to... RCA. We have, which is not just for preparing for sacraments, it's for adult formation. We have all that. Take advantage of the Bible's classes that... That Father Omar gives, take advantage of the formation talks that I give every now and then, you know, which I have to start giving more. Yeah, now. You yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. There you go. Dizzy <laughs> playing it down. All right. So open up your catechism, open up your Bibles, dust it off, ask those questions, and your soul shall be healed. Amen. Do you have anything you want to talk about in sports this weekend? Nope. Perfect. Do you Let's have go anything? back to, do you no, have anything no, to... no, this weekend didn't happen. All right. What do you want to talk about? Let's go back to youth. You want to talk about youth ministry? Let's do it. It's Great. Fun. It's much more exciting and more positive <laughs> and brings me greater joy than our 
stupid football teams. This weekend, no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I no. don't know what you're talking about. No, nothing happened. And, and the thing is that there's a great story about this. You know, yesterday I had the morning mass. We talked about it, the catechetical Sunday mass. And then we had the youth group that we talked about with Izzy in the evening. So I had the 530 mass. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm be there. You know, the game's at one, no big deal. And of course... We were, you know, just... Uh, what game? What yeah, game? exactly. But this has happened to me before. In, I want to say, the first year that I was on the sideline with the Dolphins, we were playing a 1 o'clock game, and everybody saw those 1 o'clock games were sweltering and, and hot and all these things. And remind, mind you, I'm wearing black down yeah. there. For five and a half hours, I'm wearing black. And so we had an incredible game. We were playing, you know, we were playing a hard game, and... And it was coming down to the end, and Dan Carpenter had lines up at the end of the game to hit the 40-yard or something, 43-yard. Pretty much give me winning field goal as time is expiring. Our coach takes his headsets off, you know, and the worst place you could see the trajectory of a field goal of whether it is good or not good the is sideline. from the sideline because you have no depth of perception of where that ball is going. You know, your seats are in the end zone, so right. you see exactly where a field goal is going when you go to you know hurricane games. So we're there. Dan Carpenter kicks, you know, kicks the ball, and it goes wide right. And we have to come back onto the sideline, oh. put the headset, and we go into overtime where De Ryan Tannehill throws an interception to the 50-yard line, and the other team gets the ball, kicks the winning field goal. That other team, the New York Jets. Of course. And it happened to be... On my birthday. Oh. And my reward for that is going back to the parish that evening, St. Gregory, and saying not one, but two Masses. The Youth Mass and the Spanish Mass, because I was the only Spanish-speaking priest. So yesterday was not foreign territory for me. I had done that before, and it happened to be my birthday also. And it yeah, was the, like... The Lord has a sense of humor, right? He does. In fact, and, and there happened to be youth group that night also. And so it was like, are you kidding me with this? With all this, it's like, you know... I still have a friend who will not speak the name of Dan Carpenter, you know, and he was a great kicker for us for many years. He just missed that field goal. So I've been in that place before. And, and instead of like, going, oh, I, I, you know, you would usually say I've had a lousy afternoon and, and it wasn't, listen, it wasn't just that. There was so many things going on in the church yesterday and so many things that I had to tend to that I was like, not, oh, I have to say mass, God forbid. I was like, thank the Lord that I have to say mass. This evening to be able to focus, to be able to impart the word of God and to say a different, totally different homily nope. than I gave at nine o'clock in the morning. Well, and it's, to one say those, to our it's, youth. it's one of those days where, you know, you say uh, exhaustion has never felt so good. I tweeted that last yeah. night. I didn't tweet all day. And and yesterday when I got home, I, I tweeted exactly that because I remember, you know, that, that pastor that I had at St. Gregory used to tell us, uh, and God bless him because he was not allowed me to do the, the dolphin side gig. Um, he used to tell us, if you're not exhausted at the end of Sunday, did you actually do Sunday when you're a priest? Yeah. And and it's true because some days, you know, we, you know, you have one mass, two masses, and you're done. And sometimes those days are easier than a Saturday when you're full of weddings, full of baptisms, confessions, right. and the works. And even days here where we're in the office, we're doing a bunch of things, CCD, ministries at night. Uh, I'm thinking last Thursday when I got back from the convocation, it was just a long day and ministries in the evening. But Sundays, when you do it on the Lord's Day, and last night was so wonderful because... We celebrated the youth mass, then we started our youth ministries. You know, 
our, and, and, our you, and, we had, and we had two going on simultaneously at, at opposite ends of the of the uh, campus yeah, here. And I must have crossed. The, so did you did you check your step count yesterday? You know I didn't, <laughs> but I know that all the circles on my Apple Watch were closed. But no, youth ministry, it's something, and I wrote about this in the bulletin two weeks ago. Uh, it's something that sometimes we punted on here in this parish. Yep. And I know that when you Often. came here, you were hired specifically as youth minister. As youth minister. Yep. That was, what, that was my first... What was first... the rationale behind that back then, 10 years ago? Uh, so that was, uh, we were, I guess, the, I don't know if the synod had been kind of pre-planning mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, so we, 20, yeah, we, we kind of knew it was coming, uh, that youth ministry, you know, was going to be a point of emphasis. Um, so so we wanted an active youth group here. We know we have, you know, 900 kids next door, you know, 90 of which graduate every year. So, I mean, just do simple, simple math. You know, there's plenty of youth in in the vicinity, in in the parish, and in, in in the neighborhood. You know, so there was really no. It it was difficult to understand why we didn't have a a, a consistent youth group going on. You know, so so we knew the young adults were were most likely going over you know a mile down the road to to Saint Augustine because they had a they had a really active young adult ministry there. And that we kind of understood, and, and we just kind of let that go because you know if you're a mile apart, you know why? Why three miles? But okay, you know. Uh, but the youth, we we really had no idea where they were going, and we knew the high schoolers were, were involved with their high schools, but the the young adult, the, the I'm sorry, the the middle school, who's here every single every single day, you know, on the weekends they would disappear. So so the 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 motive behind it was, you know, let's let's set something up for that specific age group. So my, my initial task was that middle school group, which is where I, you know, we, we, where I met Izzy and, and we got that, we got that started. And like most things that has been the experience here with, with youth at the parish, it was really good for a few months. And then it just kind of, you know, that happens at the youth ministry tailed off parish. and you know, you get a lot of volunteers up front with all the energy and then, you know, life gets complicated and other other things come up and vacations come in. Right, so this volunteer has to skip out on this week and then that one the next week and you know before you know it it's it's the youth minister alone again and yeah, I've always seen youth ministry as a very delicate ecosystem where the 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 children the young people need to be you know you need to have that consistency week in week week right. week in and week week out where they know that at six thirty on Sunday night. Cumber Hall is going to be open to them right. to come and to have fun, to get to know about Jesus, to get to, to grow in their faith. And what usually happens is getting them back after Christmas vacation, getting them back after spring break. Because I know it's happened to me a bunch of times where you, you launch and you have all these kids are great. And then all of a sudden, some, you know, somebody gets involved in some right. drama production in school or they're on a tournament for soccer and with, the, with the school, with their club. And life gets in the way. And that's the challenge that I gave the young people outside of my, my evening mass was, you know, we have to dare to go against the current, which is something that the popes have been emphasizing World yep. Youth Days over and over again. John Paul II, and I read this quote last night, John Paul II of World Youth Day says to the young people, the church needs your energies, your enthusiasm, your youthful ideas in order to make the gospel of life penetrate the fabric of society. Now, that, that's so important because it goes to a point that Francis Pope Francis made in the first world youth that he presided in 2013 in Rio, where he tells the young people, you need to be protagonists yep. 
in the world and not just be passive. Right. And so what I told the young people last night, he goes, you know, Izzy said it, you know, in tr- talking about the children, they are future of the church. For the young people, for the t- teenagers and the young adults, they're not the future. They're the now yeah. of the church. Yeah, and that, and that was something that Pope Francis was uh, was very clear about at this most recent World Youth Day, where he literally said that. He said, so often you hear, you're the future, you're the future. And, and it... It kind of, it's kind of a downer to say, you know, you're riding the bench and, and you'll get to see playing time eventually versus, you know, mm-hmm. you're it. You're, you're not, you're not just the backup. You're, you're not just, you know, the hope for tomorrow. You're it. You right. know, you're, you're the here and now. You're the church of today. And, and Francis in, in, um, in Brazil, because he was in a soccer crazed nation, used soccer terminology yep. a lot. Yep. And saying you have to be on the forefront. You have to be like attacking the goal. You have to be, you can't be passive and just let, let everything come to you. Right. No, you have to be protagonist. So this is what he said in terms of being protagonist. It is the young who want to be the protagonist of change. Please don't leave it to others to be the protagonist of change. You are the ones who hold the future. You, through you, the future is fulfilled in the world. I ask you also to be protagonist of this transformation. Continue to overcome apathy, offering a Christian response to the social and political anxieties which are arising in the various parts of the world. I ask to be builders of the world, to work for a better world. Dear young people, don't be observers of life, but get involved. Jesus Jesus did not remain an observer, but he immersed himself. Don't be observers, but immerse yourself in the reality of life as Jesus did. And so that's what I challenge the young people to do is like, I dare you to go against the current because it's very easy. And I used a word, this word a lot in my homily last night at 530. Influencer. This is a word that popped up during the, that, I mean, I'm sure it existed before, yeah. but I don't know why it came to the forefront in my mind or into my consciousness during the lockdown. And people were saying, oh, the, look at all these influencers. And we, I think we've talked a little bit, of, maybe not using that word, but we've talked about people on, on social yep. media, and, but especially for our young people. They follow YouTube channels and TikTok, you know, people and Instagram people in mass. And so, you know, if this person is doing that, then that's what, you know, that's right. what we're supposed to we do. We have to. You know, I, 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 we were, you know, I was watching, um, I don't know why I was watching, after, home, after the Home Run Derby, uh, they always put the celebrity, yeah. uh, which never starts on time. You know, the celebrity, it's always taped, it never starts on time. Uh, and there was a young girl there, and I'm like, who's this young girl? And, and it said, oh, social media influencer. Yep. I'm like, really? We're putting them in the celebrity all-star game? Come on. You know, but that's who young people are looking up to. That's Absolutely. who they're listening to. And I go, who is the first and the most, and the ultimate influencer? Jesus Christ. I go, if you use him as your influencer, if you use the words that he said as your influence, as the words that propel you in life, because they say, if an influencer says, oh, you need to wear these shoes, then everyone goes running. and Or you need to have this gadget, or you need yep. to do this, you need, and that's exactly what they do. Jesus lays it all out in a program which is called the Gospels. The church has been laying out that program for 2,000 years. And and I told them, those things, those influencers, whatever they tell you to do, are not going to make you happy. The only thing that will I guarantee you will make you happy is by following the words of Jesus. So I dare you, ignore those influencers and that's what the Holy Father says back in Rio in 2013. Yep. Do not be observers of life. You know, Jesus, immerse yourself in, in, this, in life as Jesus did and in the reality of life. And then you can become influencers like Christ of other people to dare them to come with you 
swimming against the current yep. and towards the Lord. Yep. Yeah, and, and it's not just other people, but really the family. And, and this is something that we've seen very clearly in our religious ed program, in the students in our school. When, when those kids go home and share what they've encountered in the classroom or what they've shared in their religious ed class, what they've, what they've, uh, what they share, what they've encountered in the school. And they say, you know, mom, dad, can you bring me to church? Cause I'm a kid. I can't, I can't drive myself. You know, or, or they just talk about what they learned that day. You know, and it starts to influence the family. It starts to influence mom and dad. And I can't tell you how many times over the last several years we've had, you know, moms and dads reach out to us to say, oh, you know, my daughter's, uh, just received first communion and she kept asking me these questions and and I realized you know I never did my own communion or I never did my own confirmation and I want to do that now because I've seen you know xyz characteristic in her and 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 it's almost like mom and dad are saying wow you know my daughter has something and I want that you know and and that is I mean that's that's beautiful And, and that that is influencing at its finest and these young people you know what brings them to youth group? Okay, a lot of them came because their friends were coming, and that's fine. Yeah. God will use whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it a million times. I used to go to youth group. Oh, there's a cute girl that I, yeah. I you know, let's go to youth group. Uh, they came because their friends were coming, and that's fine. But I, I said to them also last night, okay, we're coming. We're going to have fun. But I want you also to develop a genuine relation yeah. with Jesus Christ. And I and the two aren't mutually exclusive. Having fun and developing a genuine relationship <laughs> with Jesus Christ. I do it every day. Absolutely. Okay. And I have fun with my ministry every single day. So this is a cha- it's a challenge for a youth minister. It's a challenge for catechists, as we described with Izzy. But it's a challenge for youth ministers because to keep them engaged, to keep them coming back right. for more. And yes, it may be because their friends are going, and maybe because that cute girl, that cute boy, is there. Whatever it is, God uses that as instruments because, you know, in my office is a beautiful picture that I have of boom, 18 years ago that, you know, the biggest youth group I ever had in my first parish were 80 kids there. Nice. And it was just, you know, every Thursday they knew we go to the same place. We go 8 o'clock, there's youth group at the parish. It was in Kivas King, so everybody, it was very easy for everybody to get there. And... We had fun every. I remember walking in there. I was I was in in Saint Agnes, for something, over the last year. I forget what I was there for, and I remember I walk. I wandered back there to that room where we would meet, and it's been you know it's been turned into you know another into a lounge or something like mm-hmm. that for the faculty. It was it was, in, it was in the school, and I'm thinking about all the memories we made there, and I'm thinking about because I go to that picture and I've done this with you before. I go this person I, and I pretty much know. Yeah. But every single, all, every single one of those 80 kids, and three of them, have, uh, unfortunately, have passed on because of accidents. But, you know, I could tell you what, what pretty what much they're up to, what right? they're up to because that's the relationship as that a priest and, and his kids form is something so, so special, so, so providential. So the Holy Father wants the young people to be protagonists, to not just be passive and because what happens is, and it happens a lot with our kids when they graduate from here, from St. Teresa in eighth grade, they go to ninth grade, and they kind of have to be passive because, okay, this is where I'm in a new school, I'm not the big, right. you know, the big fish anymore, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a small fish in a very, very big pond, and it's not until they're in junior or senior year that they can start influencing 
you know, what goes on or what they do. So they have to be a little passive, but that's not what the Holy Father wants. And that's not what the church wants, and that's not what the church calls our young people. And how important is the, in the youth to the church? I said it last night. The biggest events that the Catholic Church puts on is World Youth Day. Yep. You've, you've experienced it yourself. The biggest mass ever celebrated is 5 million people with John Paul II. Yep. Probably, I think it was more than that. In, 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 the, in, Philippines. in the Philippines in yep. 1995. So in, in Copacabana Beach, there was 3 to 4 million people in Rio in 2013. Yeah. And, I, and I, I love talking about that mass. I wasn't there for that one, but I saw it on, on TV. Uh, they had to move the location at the last minute Mm-hmm. Because of flooding or, or some it was, safety, it was, it was raining was all massive. week. It was raining all week in Rio. So they moved it to Copacabana Beach, and it's an overnight vigil. So people mm-hmm. were literally sleeping on the on beach. Sand. Yeah. And and during the mass itself, there was such a desire for for the young people to be close to to the altar, to be close to to the Lord, to be close to the Holy Father. They were literally standing knee deep in the ocean. Yep. For mass, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so so it's not just you know. Yeah, you know, three million people on a on a beach, you know, hanging out, and and mass is happening over there. It's it the they are literally going into the deep, you know, knee knee high water, uh, you know, with the waves coming in, crashing on them, mm-hmm. during the entirety of an overnight vigil and mass, just so they could have you know a spot closer to to the action, if you will, and that was an incredible uh, visual that that kind of gets lost, you know, when when you when you the, when the drone pans back and you just see. You know the, the millions of people all along that beach. It was 2013 were there drones that yeah probably yeah, or a helicopter whatever yeah, whatever, whatever the overhead was. shot was. <laughs> but no, but but I remember that for the people to say the church is dead, the youth are oh, dead. The, I, you, hate, I go I hate show that. <laughs> show the, that picture, show a picture of any World Youth Day, and you see a church that is very much alive and a church that is very much young. So that's why it's important for us as a parish to uh, to to take on this undertaking, to be able to say. We need to make this a priority. So we were talking about high school, but we also had a young adult group last night that met. And they went deeper into the scriptures last night. I wasn't able to spend as much time with them as I could because right. we were, were herding cattle over there, herding cats over there in, in, in the Cumber Hall with, with, uh, with high school because yep. they're excited to see each other and they can be very much uh, getting them to quiet down. It's always, it's a, it's always it's a, a mission. It's always a people. They did. They did a great job last night. And Izzy was here and Andrew, who were, who were here, were great last night. Uh, but... It was an exciting end to the day, you know, that probably you would think, okay, everybody was telling me this morning, Father, sorry, but I'm like, you know, and I'm like, That's what? long, long forgotten. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I go, I, I wasn't there. I didn't play. I got over, I got over that, you know, by, by halftime, you know, I was, I yep. was already, I was already moving on, you know, it's like, it, you know, it doesn't really, you know, it's like, <laughs> priest for almost 20 years. It really doesn't affect me. Yes, I, I, I like it. I'm I'm happier, you know, yeah. when but it's like yeah, whatever. It's it's just a game. Yes, I will be ecstatic and running around the neighborhood, you know, honking my horn the day they win the Super Bowl, and you know, it's not something that I live in, that I live and die with, and that I'm gonna be miserable. You know, used to happen that way. Yeah. Seven, oh my God, I was miserable when the Hurricanes and the Dolphins lost, and. You know, but it was even you know, with the Marlins one. Perspective, the Marlins won. The Marlins yeah. won on a walk-off home on run. Wa- they couldn't I, do that on Friday when we took the parish. And they scored, uh, and they got six runs. You know, I had I had those hundred tickets linked to my account, so, so all those bonus points that that I can't use for anything. This is a, a joke that I have with Father. The Marlins have this rewards program, and there's you earn points for stuff that happens on the field, 
uh, and you can redeem that for giveaways and, and gear, and there's nothing on there. So I, no. I, we literally have hundreds and hundreds of points just sitting there. And they scored one run. And they scored one run. <laughs> on Friday. We had a great time with the parish. The sisters were so into it. We took the sisters. That we gave them my seats. They were, were having down, a blast. Down by the field, and... And they're like, Father, we've never been this close to the field. And they were rooting on the people. And, and they got a people, picture with Billy? They got a picture with Billy the Marlin. They, they were able to send a message to Derek Jeter, which he heard, and it was great. And we had a great time, and the sister had a great... Even though we... And we had the winning run at third with no outs, and they couldn't bring him home. But everybody was trying to do what Lou and Diaz did last, last night, night, which was uh, hit the walk-off home run. Instead of just putting, Put the ball in play. Put the ball in play and let that runner score, but... We were there, and we had a blast, and the kids had a blast. They did a great job singing the national anthem. Afterwards, we were, went to Versailles, where Gina uh, manifested a pick six, you know, for against UCF. Against UCF. So and that was and the and it was all downhill after that. And it was down. <laughs> it was all downhill after, after that. But there's always next week. That's right. You know, Central Connecticut State. Oh, <laughs> is that is is that what we're playing this weekend on Saturday? It is. Are it, you are you going to the game? I think so. You are. Oh, I you, think so. You're, I, I, you know, you know, just go. I mean, is it is it bad? I don't have even. I don't have confidence against Central Connecticut State. Oh no, stop! We're not. We're not Florida State and Jacksonville State. No, 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 no. We're gonna beat Central Connecticut State. Don't worry about that. We there's too much talent <laughs> on that field that we will overcome whatever deficiencies you know we did coaching wise or scheme wise on Saturday. We'll get there. I thought we weren't gonna talk about sports. We, but you know, it, but here it, we go. It, it trickled its way. It in. trickled its way. Ay, ay, ay. But no, there's always hope. And the and then the Dolphins go to Vegas. Nice. And they go to Vegas. Nice. I mean, I would have liked to have done that trip. I've never been to Vegas. Um, you know, I'd go only for the entertainment, of course. Of course. Of course. Anyways, uh, we had a great morning with Izzy. We had a great morning talking about our, the young people of our parish. The, you know. Such an important part of our parish. You, and it, know. you know, can I can I just sure. say because I don't usually go to the nine a.m. I'm I'm <clears> uh, <throat> you know, with the kids and everything. We I usually go to the ten thirty. The nine doesn't the nine a.m. doesn't get streamed. Uh, so if if you're not there, you don't really get to to experience it. But it was incredible to to hear the kids choir singing by themselves. You know, to have the kids reading by themselves. By themselves. Uh, you know, I was just waiting for the kids to to come up as ushers to take up the collection. Uh, no, when the scouts when the scouts come and do that and help out with that mass, they yep, do the collection. But but it was it was so uh, refreshing and uplifting to just see the kids literally take over that. Yeah, mass. a stream wouldn't do it justice. You have yep. to be there at nine a.m. It's a children's mass, and what I miss as a preacher the most is bringing the children up to yep. the altar to preach them because of social distancing, we can't do it. But you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out ways and how to do that, how to. Like, you know, maybe take some kids from the school and say, okay, everybody sit in a specific position around the altar, you know, so that I could sit down yeah. and, and preach to them. But having them there, having the teachers there, having the catechists there, it was so great. It was a wonderful day in spite of what may have happened in Miami Gardens. It was a wonderful Sunday. It was a long Sunday. And we're just ecstatic that we were able to bring that message to so many people yesterday and to bring it to our young people. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. So I want to end... With uh, the prayer for catechists that the bishops wrote for Catechical, Catechetical Sunday 2021. Loving Father, we pray today for our catechists. We thank you for their gift of ministry in your church. Grant them your wisdom that they may grow in the understanding and teaching of your word. Grant them also your love that they may be fruitful heralds of your word and lead others to love you. Pour forth your Holy Spirit upon them to grant their, them wisdom 
about what is important, knowledge of the truths of faith, understanding of their meaning, right judgment about how to apply them in life, courage to persevere even in the face of adversity, reverence before all that is sacred and holy, and that loving zeal which leads others to a transforming encounter with your Son. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.